Hello, welcome to Warren Media's podcast of Out of Our Minds blog posts. Some of you will have noticed I haven't kept my word when I said some time ago that we'd record all future Out of Our Minds posts at Warren Media. The principal reason for this was the ease with which we all can use our smartphones to read texts out loud to us automatically now. I've used this text for years. It's quite convenient. If you haven't tried it, you might want to. I'm over in Germany Outside Bonn with Mary Lee for the fall. I'm teaching at Bible Seminar Bonn and also preaching. We live in an apartment, and so we don't have any condition space for me to be able to record. So if there is a dog barking or something else that happens, please be patient. So although I won't be keeping my word going forward, because of this new audio technology that all of us have so easily. Occasionally there will be posts that I will record for reasons known only to myself, and today's post is one of them. This is episode 32 of the Out of Our Minds podcast recordings titled Temptations Pastors Face. It's first in a series. It's by Tim Bailey. I'm also your reader. It's dated October 8, 2022. The scripture at the beginning of the post is 2 Peter 2, verse 15. Forsaking the right way, they have gone astray, having followed the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Three books I read just after seminary had a critical impact on my thinking and kept me from succumbing to the evangelical deus machina, the machine, the god from the machine. It refers to a contraption or machine similar to a crane that made it possible for the deity to be levitated from above an ancient theater. And this image has seemed to me to be a good description of the uh, evangelical money and celebrity machine. First, some explanation of the world I lived in. Bill Hybels was all the rage back at home, where I grew up just down the road from Hybels Barrington. So I was up in Wisconsin a couple hours north, and he was down uh, north of Wheaton. Lots of people with itching ears found he was saying what they wanted a preacher to say and doing at Willow Creek what they wanted a church to do. In fact, he told everyone that was his key to success finding out what people wanted, and doing it. So the sheep were tuned to his siren song and leaving their smaller, less sophisticated churches. The Hybels machine grew and grew, soon it was far larger than Chicago's metropolitan area. Claiming what he was doing was church, Hybels advertised himself across the country, promising pastors new ways of doing what he dared to call ministry. And he did it in such a way that those pastors also could 
have God as well as money and fame. His products flew out of his glass and steel warehouse like the deluxe flies out of Chick-fil-A. Soon Heibels went international and became huge even here in Europe and Germany. He never stopped marketing himself to everyone, everywhere, and his church provided the money for him to do so. I tell you the truth, it would have felt so good to succumb, you know, to give in. I could go to one of his conferences and then have some common ground with all the other evangelical pastors in small churches hankering after what the goat had. Just bow the knee, Tim. Each week, my mailbox was stuffed with his marketing stuff. Christianity Today was his loudest marketing machine. Marketing Hybels and his subsidiaries was Christianity Today's editorial vision and policy. Formerly, they had existed to spread the American cultural religion of Billy Graham, so the transition to the next generation's American cultural religion was easy for them. It was Hybels now, whose slick and clean presentation of the successful American Christian life prevailed. Conferences, books, curricula, full-page ads in Christianity Today, all with Bill's face plastered everywhere. Naturally so, since his face was so easy on the eyes, clean-cut, handsome, like Billy. And filthy rich, it was a poorly kept secret, intended to get out, I think, that his ride was a private jet. So, my fellow evangelical pastor, if back then you wanted God lowered from above to resolve your identity crisis as the pastor of a small, or horrors, rural parish, Hybels was your man. He held the levers to the machinery. So just give him your attention, time, and money, and in just a little while, your church would be growing, and you'd be getting paid more. And you might even be asked to do a workshop at one of Bill's Willow Creek conferences being held around the country and around the world. Again, believe me when I tell you that it was a battle resisting this pandemic. Soon after seminary, my dear father-in-law tried to give me a subscription to Christianity Today, and I had to tell him no. Other men might be strong enough for it, but I knew I wasn't. I would succumb. Hybels and his machinery would turn my head, even if only slightly, and I would begin loving success rather than God and his sheep. We are what we eat, and what I was eating right out of seminary as I took up the care of my first parish, my first walk, was Richard Baxter's autobiography and his The Reformed Pastor, and then Jacques Ellul's The False Presence of the Kingdom. Some readers will have heard of the first two, but likely not the third. Baxter's autobiography and The Reformed Pastor put in front of me the biblical and historic Protestant pastoral care that was the perfect opposite to Bill Hybels. Baxter called me to be a shepherd and leave the hirelings to their money and fame. Baxter called me to love and give myself up to the care of those sheep purchased by my Lord's precious blood. So I refused to have anything at all to do with Wheaton other than going home to visit our loved ones. I refused to read or even look at Christianity today. They were corrupt and corrupting of the people of God, and I hated them for it. 
Whatever issue was raised, they took the position just shy of being exposed as destroyers of God's truth, while also just shy of being ashamed for what they had published when they went to church Sunday morning and sat next to Wheaton profs and mission executives and publishers. But what about Elul? Why was he helpful? Frenchman Elul was a Christian sociologist whose thinking has been seminal for many, quite prolific. Some of his better-known works are The Presence of the Kingdom, The Technological Society, Propaganda, The Meaning of the City, The Humiliation of the Word, and Prayer and the Modern Man. In this last work, he describes, decades beforehand, the transformationalist take on evangelism embraced by Tim Keller and his tribe of In the City for the City Redeemerites. Quote, in consequence of the desire to make the message kerygma valid for all, to see all men as in the presence of God, to increase the universality of the Lordship of Jesus Christ, to insist on the value of mankind generally to the detriment of the Christian, to insist on the value of the world to the detriment of the church, one comes to the point of denying whatever can only be specifically Christian, unquote. The false presence of the kingdom is largely unknown. Haven't seen it in anyone's library, and only a couple used copies are for sale online, although you can download a variety of formats on the Internet Archive, and you can go online to this post, and I have links there for that. Elul breaks this little volume into two sections, the first titled Conforming the Church to the Modern World and the second titled Making the Church Political. Readers familiar with Evangel Presbytery and Warhorn Media's work opposing the millenarian fantasies and voluble machinations of pastors and elders within the conservative Reformed Church in the U.S. these past several years will understand the significance of this little work by Elul in strengthening our resolve to oppose these men and their disciples publicly. And although I will wait a bit to speak of the loudmouth Christian celebrities whose ambitions were political back in the time of Hybels' heyday, they were there and very much competing with Hybels for evangelicals' attention and money. Hybels was docile and compliant politically, just like his predecessor, Billy Graham, and his successor, Tim Keller. Hybels was all about human flourishing, although he didn't call it that, and giving pep talks about the dangers of selfishness and greed. Before Keller was on the scene, Hybels was promoting women's leadership over men. He'd had the rabid feminist Gilbert Bilizekian as his Bible professor at Wheaton College, so Bill Ezekian's sexual corruption was foundational at Willow Creek, where Bill Ezekian was affectionately known as, quote, Dr. B, unquote. Meanwhile, over in the other corner were loud men with national fallings also, who made their name and money trying to put prayer back in schools, opposing Planned Parenthood, promoting this and that governor and politician, opposing centralized government and taxes, decrying the drug pushers, and sending out their hot and bothered broadsides presenting themselves as the solution to America's godlessness. Did I mention these more conservative competitors to Hybels 
competing for evangelicals' attention and money were, to a man, pro-Israel. The return of Jews to Israel was their brand of millenarianism. It was proof that Christ's return was imminent, and what was needed to guarantee it happened soon was world evangelism, America standing unflinching with Israel, and returning God to schools and education. On the one side, slick and handsome Bill Hybels, whose political commitments were soft-voiced liberal, but who presented himself as apolitical, opposed to any sectarianism that threatened the complacency of his dollared sheep. Hybels spoke against political sectarianism, just as his successor, Tim Keller, opposes what he calls it, which is tribalism. On the other side, messianic blowhards telling dollared sheep that they were the true answer to America's problems, and if people gave them their money and support, they'd turn things around, particularly education and government. The astute reader may know where we're heading as next we turn to Jacques Ellul and this wonderful book called The False Presence of the Kingdom. Again, this is first in a series. For more help on being a shepherd of the church, pick up a copy of our book, Elders Reformed, available on the warhornmedia.com website and also on Amazon. Thank you for listening. Do us a favor and subscribe to this podcast, too. Tell your friends they can now subscribe to audio recordings of Warhorn posts as we put them up. <laughs> we depend on you as our only marketing. Until our next post, stay warm, love your neighbor, and love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. This is Tim Bailey saying thank you for giving us a listen. Goodbye. Rise up, O oh Lord.